Welcome to the Ghosties Podcast. I'm Christina, a psychic medium. And I'm Missy, a medium in training. We are besties who look for ghosties. Join us as we go on our paranormal investigations, ghost hunting trips, and crossing over earthbound spirits along the way. This is Ghosties. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Spooky Season. The Ghosties Again. Podcast. Yes. I know. I'm Missy. I'm Christina. In case you haven't been <laughs> listening for the past ten months, here we are. I know. Can you believe it's almost been a year? No. It's almost been our year anniversary. We're like two months shy. I know. A little less. I know. It seems like it's been forever because, again, we were talking about doing this podcast forever for an entire summer before yeah. we did it mm-hmm. it's crazy we've been through an entire pandemic and a half together mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so crazy I like i was listening back to some of our older episodes um a couple days ago and it's funny to listen to us talking about the pandemic and the pandemic was well underway. Yeah. When some of these were recorded and we were like, we're over it, we're over it. And here we oh are gosh, another year blocks. later. Oh my god. The roadblocks. That was a situation. We haven't tried to go anywhere. Well, I mean, not that we've had time, but Yeah. We haven't been back to anything. But I guess now that the boys are in daycare full time, well kind of. I work kind in the of. morning. Yeah. I have tomorrow and Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. But here we are making it work. Always. We are almost a year in and we've only skipped like two weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. I think when you were sick one time and maybe when I was out of town or something or you were so. out of town. It might have been me. I'm not something. sure. We've it's done good. you. It's your fault. It's all me. <laughs> but let's be honest. You're the one that carries this, this adventure. Oh, stop. I'm just here to provide the comic relief. Oh, whatever. I think I'm kind of funny sometimes. You contribute tons, not just comic relief. A little bit. One of these days, you are going to start talking to your own guides and be able to bring that in here too. They're like, listen, if this woman doesn't ever sleep, we're never going (laughs) to... Exactly. Nothing's ever going to happen. Exactly. One day, sleep will return. Maybe. It will. So it's spooky season. It is. And we're going to do something on Halloween. People may be hearing this. I mean, they will be hearing this because this releases in a couple days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. Not Isn't a couple crazy? days. I can't believe what day it is. It's Thursday. I can't believe that it's already been another week. Last Friday, I remember Kyle looked at me and he was like, that week flew by. Yeah. Here we are almost another week later. Yeah. It's y'all's crazy y'all's anniversary came and yeah. went. Jackson's birthday has come and gone. I Halloween know. is next weekend and I'm unprepared. Ugh. And then What's what's Jackson gonna be for Halloween? Chase from Paw Patrol. Oh He thinks that um, Mike's gonna be Marshall, the <laughs> the fire dog. <laughs> is he? Uh no he's not. I'm gonna make him wear like a red shirt and a red hat for good sport. And I'm getting um there's like a little construction worker one. His name's Rubble. He's yeah. a little bulldog. Yeah. They don't have a baby costume, but I found a yellow onesie for Logan to wear. And then oh. I'm Sky, the girl dog that has the little airplane goggles. She just wears pink. Oh. So. You're going to draw a little spot on Mike's face? <laughs> Listen, if I can get him to wear red, we'll be. Y'all be good. golden. I mean, I know he has red stuff. 
So He sounds like Kyle. Kyle's like this with Halloween, too. Listen, he used to do couples costumes. It took for a long time, <gasps> but he actually did he couples. Did? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't know about this? Oh. We were um, Babe and Paul Bunyan one year. Stop it. Yeah, because he's a lumberjack. I mean, he has everything. True. He so what did he need to do? Nothing. He has the whole, like, <laughs> wardrobe. And then two years ago, we were Vikings together. Okay. Okay, I can see that. Maybe those were the only two that we did coupled up, maybe. But it took a long time, honey. Well, listen. Out of 14 or yeah. 13 Halloweens. <laughs> yeah, that's... Kyle and I have been together for around 13, 14 yeah. Halloweens now. And especially in the beginning of our relationship, he was adamantly against couples costumes. Oh, He's yeah. like, nope, nope. Yeah. One year we were going to a Halloween party and I was Wonder Woman. So I tried to get him to be Steve. And he was like, nope, nope. What was he? A Ghostbuster. Well, you know what? Mike and I did for separate ones for a long time. <laughs> and I think it was because every year we went to our friend Beth's Halloween party. And every year all the couples were like coupled up. Yeah. So mm-hmm. finally, finally. I was like. And only because he didn't have to buy a costume. To be Paul Bunyan, and I think that's what set it off. Oh, okay, yeah, it was cute. And we we got invited to a trunk or treat this year. Um, so I've used that as my excuse. I'm like, okay, we're going to a trunk or treat. We need to get some sort of costume, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to get him to be uh, Rick from The Walking Dead since he had that crazy beard the whole time. For the right. most part, towards I've the never end. Seen. <gasps> I want to watch it, and I keep thinking I'm going to tell Mike we're going to watch it. But when are we going to watch it? True. <sighs> Sleep is hard to come by. Anyways, continue. I'll put the the DVDs to the side, so in a couple of months or years, what? <laughs> I think we have a Blu-ray player, maybe. <laughs> okay. I think I will set them and to it's the, the side. PlayStation. Okay. Yeah. You or can Xbox play the, or one of those. You can I play it through either. I think. Yeah. I'll save them for you. Yeah. It's life-changing. I think I need to. Anyways, let's go back. Before I like go off on that tangent, you go back to your Halloween costumes. What are you going to wanted. I wanted to get him to be Rick, and I would be Lori, um, which was his wife before she died. But I would be the zombie version of Lori. But I don't think he's going to want to do that. But I don't know. Yeah. So. He's always been adamantly against couples' costumes. So maybe I'll change his mind this year. <laughs> Is he the one that carries around the bat with the spikes on it? Ah, that's Negan. Okay, from person. Yeah. Anyway, I tried. You did. I tried. I know references. (laughs) That's true. Zombies and the bat with the things. Yeah. Um, we gotta figure out what we're gonna do. I know. I mean, we're not gonna see each other except live that night. I know. We're gonna go live. Yeah. And I'm gonna find a way for us to go live on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. If I have to send my laptop with you, (laughs) and you will have your phone (laughs) and my laptop, and we will do both. All right. We will. Okay. Instagram on our phone and Facebook on the laptop. Okay. All right. We might do that. That okay. sounds, sounds like a great good. idea. I like I wanna, it. I want to reach everybody. Okay. And we're going to do some, like, maybe kind of witchy but not witchy stuff. Yeah. yeah. And maybe can there be some, like, makeup and things involved? Yay. Yes. Yes. Gotta figure that out. I know. And we got to get into the episode, I guess. Yes. <laughs> we are talking about spirit attachments and demonic possession today. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. This has always been kind of like a, at least for me, kind of like a deep-seated fear. Yeah. Probably for most of my life. Yeah. Um, 
about spirit attachments and demonic possession. Mm-hmm. I think growing up in the church, you know, you're told pretty early on, you know, oh, be careful, you can get possessed by a demon that way, or oh, be careful, that sounds demonic, you know. And see, so I wasn't in a church that like was that hardcore, oh, so I didn't experience lucky. that part of it. But I hear you talking about it. Sorry, it's spider. Yeah, it's it was. I mean, I it's everyday vocabulary I feel like especially yeah especially once I got to be a bit older um into my teens you know I was always being told don't mess with Ouija boards you'll get possessed by a demon or maybe that's what's wrong with us now (laughs) (laughs) but um but one thing that I wanted to say um going into this um and going into this episode um was that some of the old, um, like dogmatic and organized religion, uh, kind of geared beliefs that I'd carried into adulthood, um, I started to let go of when I started working on my mediumship several years ago. And some of the first things that kind of fell away, uh, when I started talking to my guides were that they told me that there was no hell and that there was no Satan, there was no devil, that these were constructs false realities that were created by the church in order to exert control over the masses, basically. Okay. So when I sat down to do this episode, I was telling Missy this before we started recording, my guides kind of (laughs) uh, said to me, all right, let's put on our critical thinking cap with this. Um, So if there is no hell and there is no Satan, then how can there be demons? And I think I just had never been ready to let go of that last part. Right. Um, But, I mean, it made total sense to me. Because what are demons, according to the church? Fallen angels or beings that were created by Satan to steal your soul to drag you to hell. If that's not real. the sisters, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, if that's not real, then, you know, if the origin of demons isn't real, then how can they be real? Right. So that was one thing that uh, they wanted me to relay to you all. And that's something that I'm letting go of, you know, even now. Um, I think that once you realize that something wasn't real, it's not just like poof. You know, you let go of all those old fears. It's a gradual thing. Yeah. Um, I wonder what that girl on TikTok that blocked me would think. <laughs> Too bad she doesn't listen to our podcast. Here, okay, so here's the Maybe thing. Maybe she does. I wish she would. <laughs> I, think, I think that it's so disempowering to tell someone that like exorcisms in general to me, I think are super disempowering. Um, and I've thought this before the guys ever really told me that demons weren't real, but there's something about telling someone that they have to be taken to a member of the clergy to be cleansed of an evil spirit and that you're completely at their mercy to be released of their control. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's super disempowering to someone. And what the guys were saying to me, my guides, were that, uh, or was that, um, we don't really need anybody to, you know, perform an exorcism on us. They were saying, you know, possessions uh, are something. You know, it is an actual thing that occurs. But it's not as prevalent as we are led to believe in mainstream media and in like movies and things like that. And if you think about it, The Conjuring has made millions right. off of you know this item that this house was haunted by demons and tried to possess family members and things like that. Um, when really I feel like it was some sort of low level entity. Okay, that was um, my next question. 
Yeah. What they basically said was uh, elementals and earth spirits are the closest to what we would consider a demon okay. in our own knowledge. That makes sense. Yeah. So that kind of made sense to me. Yeah. Um, let's see. So they said, um, we as humans, um, I asked them why it is also that we kind of cling so tightly to this idea of demonic possession. And they said, do you really want to know the answer? I was like, yeah, absolutely. I want to know. And they said excuses. They spelled it. They said it is used as an excuse. Hmm. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? And they said, we as humans are creator beings. We create our reality from every moment to moment that we live by the choices that we make in free will. And we create our reality based on the choices that we make from moment to moment, they said. Right. But they said so often we look outside of ourselves in terms of blame or right placing accountability yeah. on things um you know say we've messed up or did something we shouldn't how often do we look outside of ourselves to blame someone else other yeah, than ourselves that's true that's a hard pill to swallow and for me too <laughs> so they said you know because you are creator beings it's so much easier to cast the blame on an outside entity yeah. you know oh the devil made me do it oh i was possessed by demons said this is a very common excuse so that's what they said and that was a hard pill for me they were like that's a very hard one to swallow (laughs) um one other thing because some of you are probably at home thinking like well if demonic possession isn't real then or if demons aren't real specifically then how is it that uh during a possession that someone would experience like speaking in a different language like latin oh yeah or how do they have knowledge that's outside of themselves that seems to be psychic in nature and they said obviously some possessions are real but it's not a demon possessing you it's some sort of earth spirit or elemental but they also said we in and of ourselves because we are so powerful in and of ourselves we can access our psychic center anytime no matter what they said basically like our solar plexus is the place of all knowledge of all that is basically okay and they said at any point like when i get ready to do a reading i access that knowledge of all that is when i connect with my guides with spirit and my higher self to do a reading same thing with mother's intuition all of a sudden you know something about your kid and you don't have to be told you just know it you access that psychic you know center of your own so when i ask them you know is every case where they're you know rambling off latin a, a language that they've never known they said sometimes that's a spirit but more often than not they're accessing knowledge that they've carried from past lives into this one well just so, so you know i've taken latin in school so ooh. if i get possessed and i'm doing latin it could mean nothing <laughs> i know like two phrases though so not very much <laughs> but that was that was something that, that was really cool i i didn't really think about until they brought it up they yeah. were like people are gonna think wait a second how is it because it kind of proves according to the church demonic possession right and they said there are many of these different circumstances that will almost prove their claims that demons are real and they were like it's just not it's a different set of circumstances that's really cool i, I don't know anybody that's ever like looked at it like that you know mm-hmm mm-hmm pretty and, black and white when it comes to like possessions the right. demon you know right and they you know 
I thought that it was interesting too that basically they said, you know, because we reincarnate and have you know multiple lives, yeah. we carry that knowledge usually within our subconscious. So it's not readily available to us. We don't know it on a waking level. Oh, yeah. But if we've spoken Latin 500 years ago, you know, 20 lives back, then we've carried that knowledge with us. At some point, it's still in our subconscious. So, yeah. Interesting. And we're back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Another thing I wanted to say about um, demons or the idea of demons. Uh, When I first started uh, doing Reiki... Um, and I've told you this. One thing that I noticed was I would be working on a client uh, during like a Reiki session or a distance Reiki session. And I would start seeing scary entities. Yeah. Not with everybody, but with certain clients, I would see what I thought to be at that time to be demonic entities. Right. Um, and when I asked my guides about it afterwards, they said, these are not demons. This is an expression of their grief. They're, you know, okay. suffering deep grief. Right. So this is an expression of their grief. Or like once I was working on somebody and I saw something scary that looks like a demon and they said, this is not a demon. This is an expression of their anger and rage over some trauma that they've experienced. Okay. So it's something to consider for those of you who are psychic mediums or psychics in general that have the ability of clairvoyance. If you see things that are scary, stop, pause, feel into your body and see how you feel. Oftentimes, it's not the type of entity that you think it is. Your guides will probably quite often tell you, wait a minute, this isn't what you think. It's an expression of this or this is their trauma that's manifesting. Um, So something to consider. If you've seen some scary things, it doesn't always mean that it was a demon or a level or spirit. I think for someone with anxiety, it's kind of hard to like stop and process that scary thing. You know what I mean? Yes. Well, oh, well, most definitely. I still have moments now where I'll see something and I'll be like, like <gasps> the nun in your house. I'm like, ugh. ugh. Yeah. Ugh. That's, ugh. Yeah, that was gross. Yuck. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Creep me out. But along the lines of uh, what we were talking about in terms of how my guides were saying that demons and demonic possession in general is an excuse or excuses. Um, We picked out some cases that were in mainstream media um, that talked about people using these exact excuses that they committed their crimes based on demonic possession. Yeah. I can't wait to learn about more of these in my criminal behavior classes. I'm hoping I do. Um, The only one we've done so far is Eileen Warnos, and she doesn't claim to be possessed Uh, by demons. I just had to do a paper on her last night. That's a good one. What's your take on her? What's your take on Eileen Warnes? Um, she suffered a lot of childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. A lot. And not only that, we're learning about how, um, and this is probably obvious to a lot of people, how criminal behaviors can be passed down. Oh, yes. And her uh-huh. father was a rapist. Really? Her grandfather was an abusive alcoholic. Interesting. She, yeah. Bless she went heart. through some nasty stuff as a child. She started like doing the deed at like seven or eight years old in exchange for cigarettes and alcohol and money to buy her friends because she was suffering from peer rejection and oh my mm -hmm. gosh she was having consensual sex with her brother (gasps) oh my at a young age yeah so there's a lot behind that um wow yeah that you don't know about in the movie because i had no idea i'm like i've seen the movie with charlie's theron Mm -hmm. and um it was 
Yeah, so to dive into her past, you know. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's like classic psychopath. Mm -hmm. Because that's what they ask us at the end of the paper. Do you think she is? Mm -hmm. And the definition of a psychopath is someone who shows no remorse. Mm -hmm. um, Has no, makes no, like, future plan. She was kind of living in the moment, living day by day. Mm -hmm. You know, just trying to get by. Mm -hmm. And um, she inherited all those terrible criminal genes, so... Yeah, absolutely. So that's a lot. Like, one of the people you're going to talk about has a similar mm-hmm. experience, all some right. similar stuff. So the first one we're going to talk about is, um, you all probably know, Amityville, the Amityville murders. Mm-hmm. Around 6.30 p.m. on November 13, 1974, 23-year-old Ronald, they call him Butch, DeFeo, right? DeFeo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Entered Henry's Bar in Amityville, Long Island, New York, and declared, you got to help me. I think my mother and father are shot. DeFeo and a small group of people went to 112 Ocean Avenue, which was located near the bar, and found that DeFeo's parents were dead inside the house. Mm. One of the group... Sorry. One of the group, DeFeo's friend Joe Yeswit. Mm-hmm. made an emergency call to the Suffolk County Police Department, who searched the house and found that six members of the family were dead in their beds. The victims were Ronald Jr.'s parents, Ronald DeFeo Sr., um, and Louise DeFeo, and his four siblings, Don, Allison, Mark, and John Matthew. Mm-hmm. All of the victims had been shot with a thirty-five caliber lever-action Marlin three thirty-six c rifle. That's very exact. Yeah. <laughs> Around 3 o'clock in the morning of that day. The DeFeo parents had both been shot twice while the children had all been killed with single shots. That's just terrible. The youngest mm-hmm. one was nine. I'm looking at the ages now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Physical evidence suggests that Louise DeFeo and her daughter Allison were both awake at the time of their deaths. According to Suffolk County Police, the victims were all found lying face down in bed. The DeFeo family had occupied 112 Ocean Avenue since purchasing it in 1965. The six victims were later buried in nearby St. Charles Cemetery in Farmingdale. Ronald DeFeo Jr., also known as Butch, was the eldest son of the family and its lone surviving member. He was taken to the local police station for his own protection after suggesting to police officers at the scene of the crime that the killings had been carried out by a mob hitman, Louis Fellini. Good lord. <laughs> That's very, like, Italian monster sounding. <laughs> All those pals. Louis, that would be Louis, right? Not Louis. Mm-hmm. Louis. However, an interview at the station soon exposed serious inconsistencies in his version of the event. Sorry, Sorry about that. <laughs> Spirit stepping in. Okay. Mm-hmm. La la la. Okay. So they noticed some serious inconsistencies in his version of his events. The following day, he confessed to carrying out the killings himself, and Fellini, the alleged hitman, had an alibi proving he was out of state at the time of the killings. DeFeo told detectives, Once I started, I just couldn't stop. It went so fast. He admitted that he had taken a bath and redressed and detailed where he had discarded crucial evidence such as bloodstained clothes, the Marlin rifle, and cartridges before going to work as usual. He later used the defense that demons had told him to murder his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After I read, I don't know that I'd ever read all of the details of like how it happened yeah. and that he had confessed about like a mob boss doing it first. And the guys were like, so what does this sound like to you? Excuses. Yeah. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Dang. 
Mm. Yeah. The next one is the Night Stalker. Mm. Very famous story. Richard Ramirez was one of the most deadly serial killers in the 1980s. It wasn't until Ramirez left a pentagram written with lipstick on the wall and on the leg of a victim that investigators drew the connection to satanic worship. They were also concerned he was a copycat of Charles Manson. Ugh, that was always a weird one to me. Mm-hmm. In the following years, he would leave more of these pentagrams behind and would also tell his victims to swear to Satan instead of God. During a court appearance, he held up the pentagram and after... Pleading not guilty, he said, Hail Satan. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was one of the ones that, if you read about his, like, backstory in early life, he had so much childhood trauma. Okay. I think it was his uncle um, abused him mm. quite greatly, um, but basically taught him how to sexually assault women. Ugh. Um, he was in the military, if I remember correctly. So he taught him like all of these ways of stalking his victims and just really sick stuff. Um, so it's, you can definitely tell, I mean, trauma plays such a part in, in the making of this, I feel like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to like, look at the background of some of these people, you know, cause all we see in the movies is like, you know pretty much the point of when they started doing what they do. Right. We see, like, maybe, you know, days leading up to, you know, what happened. You never really see, like, the background. Right. And then that poses the question, are they made? Are killers born? Are they made? That There's two different um, theories on that. One says that they're absolutely, you know, born that way, and the other one says, no, they're a product of their environment, Hmm. like what's happening around them. Not necessarily what, you know, it's not yeah. born into them, but mm-hmm. there's so many different theories. I don't, I'm not even knowledgeable on it yet, but I will be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The last one is the trial of, is I'm sorry, Arn, Arnie? Arnie. Yeah. Arnie Cheyenne Johnson. I don't know mm-hmm. that I'm familiar with this one. Oh. Here we go. <laughs> Buckle up. The trial of Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, also known as the Devil Made Me Do It case, is the first known court case in the United States in which the defense sought to prove innocence based upon the defendant's claim of demonic possession and denial of personal responsibility for the crime. On November 24, 1981, in Brookfield, Connecticut, Arnie Cheyenne Johnson was convicted of his of first-degree manslaughter for the killing of his landlord, Alan Bono. According to testimony by the Glatzel family, mm-hmm. 11-year-old David Glatzel, I hope I'm saying that right, allegedly had played host to a demon. After witnessing a number of increasingly ominous occurrences involving David, the family, exhausted and terrified, decided to enlist the aid of Ed and Lorraine Warren in the last-ditch effort to cure David. Now the Warrens. The Glatzel family, along with the Warrens, then proceeded to have multiple priests petition the church to have a and take two (laughs) once again the demons must be taking over the podcast (laughs) excuse me okay so they the warrens and the glassell family um had proceeded to have multiple priests petition the church to have a formal exorcism performed on david in case you missed where we were the process continued for several days concluding when, according to those present, a demon fled the child's body and took up residence with Arnie. 
These events were documented in the book The Devil in Connecticut by Gerald Brittle. Was that a movie? No, The Haunting of Connecticut. The Haunting of Connecticut, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Several months later, Arnie killed his landlord during a party. His defense lawyer argued in court that he was possessed, but the judge ruled that such a defense could never be proven and was therefore infeasible in a court of law. Arnie was subsequently convicted, though he served only five years of a 10 to 20 year sentence. The trial attracted media attention from around the world and has obtained a level of notoriety due to numerous depictions of the events in literature and television. Oh, okay. The story was later made into a film adaptation titled The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Mm -hmm. I've not seen any of The Conjuring movies. Uh, Or Annabelle. None of those. uh, I I haven't. I can't take some movies anymore now that I'm... It switched in my early 20s. For goodness uh, sakes. <laughs> let's this... try it again. That's a new Kiss on the Block song. Ooh. Try it again. I bet it was a remake too. I Every time we do a podcast episode on a topic that is dark, mm-hmm. this happens. Our, yeah. our, interrupt, or our recording will interrupt constantly and cut off by itself. I'm kind of surprised on one hand that we made it through witches last week, but now that we're looking at witches in a different light mm-hmm. maybe that's why could be yeah because we're looking at it as more of a you know i don't know how to what i'm trying to say not like all bad and right demonic and right you know as medicine healers you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, what i just heard the guy say is um they said that uh there are energies um that also do not want us to release these um, details and, like, information. Get over it. That's what we're here to do. From what they've said, there are energies that want the people of the Earth to stay in a place of fear around these different topics. Well, Um, so sorry. Yeah, I know. Exactly. (laughs) We're not afraid of you anymore. Not afraid. Home Alone. Home Alone. Yes! I'm not afraid I'm anymore. We both picked up on it at the same time. <laughs> that was amazing. I'm not afraid of you anymore. I'm not afraid of me. I'm not. I'm living alone. I'm living alone. Anyways. Wasn't he like out in his. Wasn't he like out in the front yard? And he sees a shovel again. Really? Yeah, it's on <gasps> HBO Max. Oh my god, I didn't know. So we'll have to set aside time <gasps> to watch it together. Oh. And nobody's skipping ahead because you first off, you know I don't have time to skip ahead. I know. And All right. You can't watch I can't it skip me. ahead. Okay. All right. Anyways. Anyways. Sorry. Back to the episode. Yeah. All right. So, I asked the guys about just basic things regarding spirit attachment, regarding possession. What is it? What are you actually encountering in terms of spirit? How can you avoid this? And how can you rectify it? Um, so, for God's sake. Here we go. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this, y'all. All right. Speed read. I know. So I asked the guys what types of spirits are actually responsible for spirit attachments. So let's start with spirit attachments. Spirit attachments is when some sort of spirit entity, whether it be an earthbound spirit, whether it be 
an earth spirit, uh, whether it be uh, maybe a not so nice person, um, you know, just a deceased human, they are often driven and guided by our own vibration. Right. So um, what they said basically was they will go where they are led based on how you are currently vibrating at that time. They are attracted to similar frequencies and vibrations. So an earth spirit or an elemental will attach themselves to your auric field and start feeding off of your life energy. Mm. You want to think of your auric field as almost like this protective egg around your body. Your bubble. Yeah, and it feeds that life force energy to you. That's why if if you have the ability to see auras and you don't see someone with one, they are very close to death, within hours of death. So, I can't see auras. It's fun. <laughs> you will. You will. But it starts to feed off of your Think of yourself as the host. Like the mentor. Hi, guys. <laughs> All right. You hadn't heard about a little anger app. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're back. Part seven. All right. Part seven. We're trying. Um, so anyway, so basically think of your org field as the protective shell around your body. And that you can become literally like a host. And these different energies that can attach themselves to your aura are like a parasite, if you want to think of it that way. Whereas possession is much different. Um, Possession is rare, but it does occur, my guide said. Possession occurs when a person has become extremely unbalanced in terms of their own energy. Let's say that they have a lot of negative energy within their own space. Um, Or, stop it. (laughs) No, but you know those people, they said, it's not, you know, people that, you know, have, you know, just random negative stuff happen to them. It's, the living Eeyores of life, you know? Debbie Downers. We all know the Debbie Downers, the ones that love to be a victim. They love... Oh, yeah. yeah. They love to be a victim. They love to wallow in their own circumstances. Man, we know some of those. They're not interested in changing their circumstances because they love to complain about it. So... Who are you referring to? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, but they also said that possession can occur if someone has become extremely unbalanced in terms of their karmic energies. They said that this creates almost like this vacuum effect and these energies will try and fill in those gaps within that vacuum, they said. So some of you are probably like, what the heck are you talking about? I don't know what you mean by becoming unbalanced in your karmic energies. They said, they gave me this analogy. Um, For a second, I thought that just cut off. Um, Mm. They said, think of when you're vacuuming your couch. You're vacuuming your couch, you're going along, and all of a sudden you accidentally run the vacuum hose over an afghan, and it sucks that (laughs) afghan up into the hose, right? That's a great, like, You have to pull it out, Yeah. yeah. But they said, this is the same thing. Your karmic energies are always flowing, always going. And usually those are balanced when you pass away and go to the other side into the resting place. And you get with your own ascended masters to plan your next incarnation. Ugh. A lot of times these people that... Immediately went, know. Immedi- immediately know. Immediately know. <laughs> immediately know. <laughs> Seeing what I needed to see. Um, <laughs> TikTok sound bites, y'all. Sorry about it. But what they said was, 
a lot of times there are people that once they pass, they want to immediately go back into a body and they don't spend a lot of time on the other side planning their next incarnation. Are they impatient like me? That would be me. I don't know. They didn't really say that. But they said a lot of people are just so desperate to get back into a body to continue, you know, living out whatever karma they need to finish that they don't spend a lot of time on the other side planning everything out. And so they said this basically creates this like vacuum-like effect within their karmic energies. Um, another inner or another analogy that they gave me is you know when you walk into the grocery store in the summer and this, there's that blower over the door. Yeah. Um, and it blows either the bugs out of the door, it blows them Ugh. in. They said it's basically the same thing. Your karmic energies is that fan blowing oh. everything. You know, constantly it's always in motion. That sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> Blowing everything. (laughs) But they said basically like, you know, our, our karmic energies are always flowing. And when we walk (laughs) through that door and walk underneath that fan, it's basically the same thing. I'm five years old. You are five years (laughs) old. (laughs) Um, That's, that's tired. That's being tired. Delirium setting in. Sorry. So interestingly enough, um, in one of Dolores Cannon's books, Between Death and Life, they also talk about this. Um, It says, when someone is possessed, is the entity doing the possession a true spirit? And the person that she had regressed into uh, hypnosis said, it is a warped or bent spirit, more on the level of what you would term an earth elemental. They are lower than human souls that have been warped through touch or by contact with certain entities or even human people. Um, and so she said, but if they have not actually lived lives, where did they come from? And she said they were at the formation uh, the cases of so-called possessions are generally caused by someone who has allowed their karma to become seriously imbalanced, leaving a vacuum in part of these karmic energies where other energies can enter in and take its place, mm-hmm. fill the void almost. So basically it goes on to say, if you're experiencing a possession or a spirit attachment, you have let yourself get into such a negative state mm. that it's time to do some balancing. Get so, it together. Yeah. So how do you prevent spirit attachments and possession? And bottom line, they said by keeping your vibration as high as you can. Okay. And it's unrealistic to say that we're always going to be positive, that we're always going to be Lord. in a good mood. But like I said earlier, we all know those living Eeyores that <laughs> cannot seem to see that they can get out of their circumstances, that they are creator beings. Mm-hmm. They love to wallow in their <clears throat> circumstances. Um, also, chronic drug users. We've mm, talked right? about this before. Mm-hmm. It really weakens our auric field, which opens up the possibility of these energies coming in to fill those gaps or feed on that energy. So I asked them, if you're experiencing a spirit attachment or demonic possession, how can you get out from under that? And they basically said, it's very disempowering to tell someone that they must go to a priest or to the church in order to be exercised of whatever the spirit is. Right. They said, you can, you absolutely can. But they said, no amount of someone else speaking words over you and sprinkling water over your head is going to do you any good. They said, you have to return the power to yourself. Okay. So if you get into a quieted, meditative state and say to yourself, 
there's any energies that are not supposed to be here, this is my space. This is my vessel and my body. You must leave in the name of Christ or you must leave. He said, that is enough. Okay. I said, but you have to say it with meaning. You have to, you know, set that intention and be forceful with it. And they said, and then after that, it's about returning yourself back to a place of balance and, um, almost like, yeah, balance is what they're saying. Okay. But he said, try and get into meditation so that you can quiet the mind. It's all about quieting the mind mm. and bringing yourself back into that place of balance. So yeah, we made it. We made it. Just barely. <laughs> Six or seven parts later, and here we are. Good night. Yeah, we're on part seven. I think this is the worst one, except when they just delete our, all of our. I know. I know. So bottom line, guys, spirit attachment or possession can happen from an earthbound spirit or low-level earth elemental spirits. I also asked them to give me an example of, like, what these type of demonic entities are or, like, what we would know to be. A demon, but it's really, you know, something of a different name. And they showed me the gin. I and was just thinking about that book. They I've showed been sitting me. here for like the last five minutes looking at you use that book going. <laughs> they showed me the gin as well as the Hellier Goblins. They said these are some examples of some low level earth entities that could be demons in your own terms as you know them to be. I need more Kentucky Goblins in my life. I mean, not in my life, but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Which, and it made sense when they told me that because the jinn from Arabic culture were created out of smokeless fire. They're of the fire element of the earth. Oh, yeah. And they were earth guardians um, in early mythology. They were the ones that guarded the earth and then that changed. Right. Um, so, and the same with the goblins. Goblins are cave, in, cave inhabitants. Yeah. So it makes you wonder, are these just shapeshifters that are all the same entity? That just wear different sets of clothes depending on who they're exposed to. Right. Really makes you wonder. That's Made like me wonder. The evil little, you know, well, not fairies, but you know, evil little fairies that yeah. look like different things to yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Or can appear different ways. Yeah. It reminded me of in Hellier where they said one man's angel is another man's demon. Right. So it, it really makes you wonder, and that's where the guys were talking about how discernment is so important um, when you're working with the spirit world. Because, uh, you know, an entity can tell you that it is anything, and it absolutely could not be the truth. But the way they make you feel, that energy signature that you're going to feel in your body is never going to change. So if right. it's something low level, you're going to feel it immediately. So everything scares me, so I'm probably gonna think everything's bad. I think we talked about that before, though. <laughs> it won't always, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it always will. Well, y'all, this Thanks. was our show. Thanks for sticking it out with us. Lord knows it I took know. us some time to get through it, but we're here. We did it. Yeah. And if you're listening to this before Halloween of 2021, then make sure you are following us on Facebook and Instagram because we are gonna go live and do some fun stuff. Yes. Um, and if you're not, then I'm sorry that you missed it. <laughs> Catch us on the next go around. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. No, te- mm. not Twitter. Lord Twitter. Jesus, YouTube. YouTube. I'm just spouting yeah. things off. That's it, right? Yeah. And you can send us your stories at the Ghosties Podcast at, at gmail.com. Yes. Bye, y'all. Bye.